You're listening to the official podcast of Millwall Football Club. Please be aware this podcast may contain adult themes and bad language. And, you know, if, if someone started to, you know, show the dark arts, let's say, and I say, well, look, if you want to do that dance, let's dance. I can dance too. And dance with the best of them. So I should just leave it at that. <laughs> and that was... <laughs> That's not for this podcast. <laughs> That's not for this podcast. Oh, you've I mean, got well, window we'll down. Yeah. We'll we'll a new typical Ian Wright fashion. He came running back towards us. And by the time he got to me, Rhino and that had passed me to get to him. The ball got put in the channel. I'll chase it into the channel. Um, so I think I was accepted quite quickly, um, especially coming through the non-league group. They inspired us. That season we were inspired by the crowd. Uh, big, we had good crowds, you know. I would always go cheese and peas if I ever had a jack and tea, Yeah. Which would butter. be... Just butter. Yeah, just butter. It's it's You're classic. weird. That's yeah. weird. You're just eating no, a, I just just eating just a spud. <laughs> 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 yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> There's absolutely no point to that. Yeah, yeah. your plate. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome back to Wall Talk Season 3 with myself, Max McClellan, Mark Litchfield and our brand new panellist, former Lion and Playoff winner, Byron Webster. We are here for perhaps the official launch of Episode yeah. 1. We sort of had the introduction one the other day, didn't we? Um, Webby, we're going um, to have one of your mates on today. Um, the big man. The big man. Um, really good way to start off things as well. I think he's our third first team player that we've had on since... Since launching Indeed, Talk. at the time of recording, yeah, third first team player. Yeah, we've had Matt Smith and Billy Mitchell both provided some some excellent stories when we we recorded with them. Uh, Webby, we spoke about Coops beforehand, didn't we? Um, what is it about Coops that he's going to add to to this episode today? Because I'm hoping you can spill a few beans on him as well. Yeah, he, he's just an all round nice lad. He um, obviously good at his job, does well, um, but. He's just yeah, he's just a funny lad, fun to be around. Not the brightest, but he actually <laughs> is quite intelligent. But he's just um, he's a bit like myself, to be fair. Just chilled. Easy out. going. Easy going. Easy going. So we're gonna have. I think it's a new feature you've organised here, Mark. We're gonna have a little quiz for Listen, the coops, aren't we? New season, <laughs> new studio. Got to have a new feature, aren't you? New so quiz. The, I hope it's. <laughs> I hope it's easy questions. So the idea we've got with it is. Everyone can see we've got the TV. We've got the TV on behind us. Um, we're going to have sort of like a little chart throughout season three, aren't we? Um, Think of the um, I can't remember what they call it on Top Gear. You know, when they have the times on the lead, the stick and all that. Yeah, they they yeah. raced against the stick, didn't Think they? Think of it as the wall talk version of that, basically. Yeah, the B Tech version of yeah, Top Gear very, is right here version, at the yeah. den. Um, so we're going to have that. We're also going to be focusing on his early career at Millwall, as well as becoming a, a more senior member. Um, of the squad now just before we get into it Webby I imagine you, you've obviously seen him grow from a youngster to that senior player now yeah. what what changes do you think you've seen in him since since you first met him I know I keep joking about um, his intelligence as such <laughs> it's not that he's thick he's just a, he was just a, a young lad who'd mess about um, and now he's got to the point like you say where he's flourished into you know a fantastic player who probably has dreams to get to the premiership He's now a leader, he's got the armband on, so you know, massive credit to him, but we all knew when we was there with him that he would turn into a diamond. I wasn't timekeeping on you there, literally. <laughs> Coops was just ringing me just yeah. then, so he's here. So um, I imagine we, we best get into it and get the episode going. Yeah, so coming up, coming up next on Wall Talk is the big man, Jake Cooper. It's now with Jake Cooper. Cooper's 
I'll, I'll text Morrow now. You can go with him. I was like, oh, didn't really, I couldn't really say no. Video makes him look worse, I think. Yeah. I just felt like it hit me in the moment. Coops, welcome to Wall Talk. Brilliant to have you here. Thank you for for joining us. You were at training this morning, weren't you, at Calment Road? Yes, we were in training, so thank you for good. the invite, Max. That's all right, no problem. Um, good international break. You get away anywhere? I took the kids to Centre Parks. Right, okay. the weekend. That was nice. No, it wasn't. Busy. Stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> you were... Two uh, little ones, so... Uh, but it was fun. Nice couple of days to, to get away from the club and... And yeah, it was nice going back in today to, to get prepared for the, the, up, the upcoming games. We've got a, a busy schedule, so... We do. We've got a, we've got a busy October month uh, coming up. We've got plenty to talk to you about today. Um, pleased to know we're going to test your intelligence as well. We've got a little quiz oh lined up for you. Uh, we're going to be talking through some of your early stages of your career at Millwall, uh, becoming a senior member now of the squad. Um, what's it like seeing your old mate? It's great. See, New panellists as well. down the training ground a few times when we played Bromley in the pre-season games and stuff and uh, yeah so it brings back great memories of my first couple of years at the club so you know it's great to have him involved in, in this podcast and I'll be uh, watching paying his, paying his subscription to yeah. watch every week <laughs> yeah I was disappointed to hear you've not got your subscription yet well Coops. I'm disappointed that the club haven't provided me with one are you going to lodge a complaint with HR then or is, is that what I we're saying I think I'll have to yeah? go to uh, John see, see why he right, okay. sort me okay, we can, yeah. my next contract maybe. yeah we could do it well you might not <laughs> want to do that I've been told Webby's got a few stories on you so we might have to a bit of bargaining power here um, let's take it back then to the start loan move to Millwall January 2017 does that, yep. does that feel like yesterday that was happening just talk to us where all of that well, came some about some days it feels like yesterday and yeah. some days you know, <laughs> when you've been beaten and you've got a seven-hour journey home from Burnley. Probably feels like a long time ago. Was that that was the one with the lorry? Yeah, lorry on fire. Yeah, I walked into my house at seven o'clock in the morning oh. with a game on the Saturday. But yeah, you know it's gone. It's been good. So I remember my agent calling me. I think it was like a Wednesday, and saying, you know, Millwall were interested. Um, but you know, I've been told you're not guaranteed to play. Um, and I'd just come out of Reading playing a lot the season before, so I needed the game time really. And I had Swindon, who were local, probably more local to me, who were guaranteed me the game time. And I said, no, like, I want to go to Millwall. They look like they've got promotion hopes. Um, and I backed myself to, to get in the team. And sort of, that was that. Then the next day I was I was driving my way around the M25 to Bromley to... Uh, to arrive at Calmont and see the, the beautiful training complex <laughs> that, that belongs to Millwall Football Club. You come in and you see Byron Webster. Is he your, is your nemesis at that point? You're thinking, oh, I can learn from him. I actually arrived, it was in the afternoon, so I, I met the, the gaffer first. I seen, and a good story to start with, I, I uh, arrived at the training ground, the gaffer came out to meet me in the car. Everyone had gone home, it was probably two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, Mate, that four or five long days, you know, yeah. long days. You're <laughs> always there, long, long, long days. Yeah, good shout. Uh, but the gaffer came out. He goes, "Hello, son. <laughs> my, my, my name's Chopper. In front of the lads, it's Gaffer, but you can call me Chopper when it's just me and you." And uh, and yeah, done my medical quickly. You know, Bob, the old physio, just said, "Bend down, touch your toes," and that was that was about <laughs> it. And then uh, 
and then Chopper said to me, you know, what 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 are your plans for the evening? Like, I know you're staying in the in the hotel locally. You know, what are you gonna do for dinner and stuff? And he said, you know, the lads, we've got a great group here. The lads will go out for dinner on a Thursday. And he said, I'll I'll text Morrow now. You can go with him. I was like, oh, didn't really, I couldn't really say no. So, you know, next thing, uh, obviously Steve uh, was messaging me and arranged for me to to meet the lads in Bromley, in you know the Glade shopping centre. And uh, yeah, I was bowling around there for ages trying to find the Starbucks he told me about. We were hiding from him. <laughs> we saw him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was walking around and then I seen, um, obviously the group of lads was about seven or eight lads and kind of, and- you Any know, nerves? Yeah, I was nervous that first moment yeah. and kind of integrated in there. I think I sat next to Webby at dinner and kind of joined in in the group, you know, right from the very start before I'd even trained with anyone. I was kind of, felt like a part of the group and that boded well for my time to start off with and we went we went up to Bradford the next day and, and I played and you know I, I was strongly felt a member of the team right from the very start that, uh, that particular restaurant you used to go to without naming it of course good yeah. rest, good we're not allowed to know that well we could I don't know other, other Mediterranean it's restaurants are yeah, available no. they were the days Thursday sessions yeah Thursday yeah coffee a little gamble to try and win us money for food <laughs> <laughs> and then go to the Turkish what restaurant. Was your, what was your order in there? He went healthy, no chips the first time. <laughs> yeah, no, just rice and salad and some meat. I think I ended up, I ended up going for the doner towards Good the end. Choice. That was my favourite, and the sheesh, you know, the mixed meze platter and stuff. And so you hadn't even trained before you were going out for dinner yeah. with the literally. I, I, I hadn't spent much time in London, so literally, I got a taxi to take me to the Glade Shopping Centre from Bromley Court Hotel, even though I had my car in the car park because I just ha- had no idea where I was going what I was doing you know done probably a good lap of both floors of the shopping centre <laughs> and seen the uh, seen the boys sat there and obviously I'd, I'd been lucky that Jed had signed on the same day but he trained with a group um, in the morning but when I got my uh, the, the deal done in the afternoon I'd only met the lads in the afternoon but yeah just the, the gaffer sending me straight out with, with the boys kind of thrusted me straight into it I was only 21 young lad and uh, I'd only been around one set of, of players really at Reading so it was it was a great thing for him and it settled me, me right into the football club I want to sort of ask you before we go further into the Millwall stuff um, we did a feature review recently the where it all began Yeah. and you sent through some photos Yeah. and you were maybe triple for those who don't know the where it all began we sit down with a player and we sort of talk about their first amateur sun, Sunday league club or they were straight into academy we talked about that you sent in some photos um, you were probably quadruple the size of half of some of the players you were coming up against yeah that that must have been like I say an advantage you you looked about 10, 10 years older than half the players you were coming up against yeah I was a big lad like from the, from the very start I was always tall you know embarrassingly so I used to think when I was a kid my mum had to take my passport to most games and things like that but she actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of used it to my strength. That period, I started playing basketball. At one stage, was close to kind of giving up the f- the football side of things, but it managed to improve my game football wise, and uh, managed to get into the the Reading Academy. Then, why why did you want to give up? What what was? I was just enjoying basketball. I was getting no. I was playing Sunday league football. I was probably fourteen, going on fifteen, and. I was getting nowhere and I was just enjoying this different kind of sport I'd lived on football 
kind of my whole life so you know I was just having fun with it and and then I got a call from Reading and went to do a trial and it kind of it, it went well and I my my speed and development had gone on so much from playing basketball I think you know the, the quick movements and stuff that affected my game I crossed over into football and uh, and yeah it uh, turned out well and I, I signed them for the academy that that summer when you were uh, when you played like sort of amateur football and you're that tall could you sort of see the f- the fear in the defender's eyes when they've got to mark you from a corner uh, would you always know. a centre half as well or would you <laughs> play in any other position I started like you know when you're a kid I was like playing left wing and midfield and just everywhere um, corners I don't think I could head the ball at no, you know that age. God knows what my my hand to eye coordination isn't great now. Like so, <laughs> back then it was uh, I was struggling, but I could kick the ball the furthest. That was probably my main benefit of being tall. Yeah, and could you find anyone on the end of that pass? Or probably not. No. not uh, hence why I was playing Sunday League till I was yeah. <laughs> late teenage. Well, it, le- it led you to playing alongside this man. Exactly to the right to the right of me, Mr. Byron Webster. Yeah. What what was that like playing together? It was great. Obviously, my first game came in. Like I said, that Bradford game, I was slotted right alongside Webby. Um, and the gaffer gave me a few pointers the day before, but I didn't really know what I was coming into and the different style of football. And the Webby style was get the ball and kick it as far as you can tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So his youth development was good. <laughs> but it kind of suited me in a way. Like um, the, the gaffer said, I remember Chopper saying to me, Oh, I came to watch you against Everton in, a, in an under-21 game for Reading and he said I saw you hit one diag and I knew I was signing you so that kind of was the was the script and he wanted me to hit them diagonal balls and um, and yeah just Webby was so kind of motivational and, and so positive I would say on the pitch and uh, and that, that helped the players around him and I was certainly a person who you know strived off that and, and brought that with me into my game You've been very nice about Webby, I thought like if we got to ease this episode in to sort of get the nasties <laughs> nah, nah, out we, of the way. No, nah, there's no nasties. We had good times together. Yeah, it was it, time. like Coop saying when he first came, we had that that group, didn't we? Where yeah. anyone could come into the team and you'd be welcome as long as you weren't a bad egg. Mm. You know, yeah. you were always welcome. And I think he spoke well where he said like he came in and he, you know it was a baptism of fire for him. He was straight in the deep end with us. Yeah, and it was a good group. We had a good laugh that evening, and then you come into training and you feel like you know everyone. So that's what I mean. It's a very unique way to sort of meet the new lads because whenever we meet a new signing now, yeah. it's usually on the morning of training, or if it's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. deadline day, then they just go straight into training the next day. But exactly. to have that sort of you're straight into a it's almost like a different atmosphere to a training yeah. ground, I imagine, isn't it? Totally different because they're obviously judging your character then instead of your your game and. Yeah, because new people come into training, and the first thing is, is if you have a bad training session, yeah. he's crap, he's rubbish. <laughs> so he didn't even have that. He was always, yeah. he's already, he's a nice guy. So yeah. he's already got a bit of credit with us. And I was lucky the pitches were frozen, I think. So we'd literally done set plays on the Friday and then travelled to Brad- Bradford. So one of your strong No one's seen me kick a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Could edit. Until we played Bradford, yeah. Yeah, that was what the few people were saying. But well, you did settle in quickly, two goals in your first five games. You said yeah. about the style, you settled in quite quickly to the style. You must have enjoyed your start. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember uh, Mauro was very good at organising the the set plays, and I remember him saying to me like, "We'd we're just going to leave you one v one at times," and Webby as well would also help block people and and things. And we just we had that good leadership group there. I think of like 
Webby, Morrow, Tony Craig really understood the the football club and 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 yeah, you know, obviously I'm I'm a sucker for a good set play and, and you know, winning a few headers and it it just kind of worked for me that that first period um you know when I come in and I was hungry to to make my mark on the team and and yeah it was a good good run of games first goal away at Coventry yeah right? off machine I think so <laughs> <laughs> is that when count. I threw all the tennis balls on yeah, yeah it was <laughs> stopped yeah. the game didn't yeah. it yeah Morrow scored in the second half um so yeah I think we we come in we was I think we did we keep six clean sheets in a row or something yeah, I seem to remember something like that yeah. yeah it was something crazy we went on the run I think I joined when we was 13th and then we obviously got promoted so it was all down to Coops no it wasn't because I came out for the playoffs obviously but um, it's got it's got to be big though as a, as a lone player coming in and you're seeing some yeah. experienced players in the team like Webby Tony Croak, Steve Morrison for a lone player coming in a you're playing mm. but b you're learning so much of players that have, have sort of been there and done it with the club so far yeah and it was like you're saying like you're bigging up Webby so much but just the whole group was was made up of you know great people and we had some great laughs I think at the training ground there wasn't many people that were you know bringing the mood down or it was just good fun and I think the only stick was maybe Morrow not doing the gym sessions or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you know people being allowed to train you know to an insufficient level that okay. with a little uh, with a little you know with the manager kind of allow allowing that for certain people but it was a but as long as they turned up on a Saturday yeah that's exactly. what I'm trying okay. to say yeah. Yeah. people were allowed to um, ease off yeah okay but they performed on a Saturday. We're not naming names here. Moral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it like having him around the training ground as a more senior person in the team now? I remember when we had him on, it used to say certain things used to irk him, like having uh, a butter for the knife and a butter for the jam. You had to have two separate knives. You could Moral. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's his own creature. No, no, not Shelley. He's still he modelling, didn't you, as well? Yeah, he has his... He's just... He comes across like he's grumpy, and he is. Yeah, yeah. But... He's just setting his ways. Even at home with his his wife Leanne, like yeah. he is, he has his own little quirks, and you either learn to live with it or you go up against it and you clash. Yeah. So that's all it is. Well, Morrow had some great stories, as did Webby, in terms of I think it was Jordan Archer put spag ball in Morrow's. Yeah. White boots. No, White it boots. was tomato yeah. pasta sauce. I think Morrow had egged or floured his car. Jordan's car. As I think do. it was flour. As you do. I think he poured a, like a load of flour in Jordan's car, so Jordan got the pasta sauce from the kitchen, and then put Morrow's brand new white boots, obviously, in the. So I've actually got a video. Do you want to see the video? Am yeah. I are you allowed to show the video? <laughs> yeah, we can see it. Yeah. Jordan wasn't a calm character. <laughs> if he video. reacted, he reacted like a man possessed. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, um, sure. I don't know if you can put it out there. And watching, not watching Jake Cooper's currently going through his phone to try and find this video. No, because I show the lads all the time, and they're like, I've tried to think what else is on this. Uh, <laughs> it, it is 30th of November 2017. Actually, got it. Okay, so yeah, there's actually spoonfuls of uh, oh, pasta no. sauce. Brand new boots. Spoonfuls of pasta sauce currently going into. I don't know if you can see that there on camera. White boots. That was just to make sure none of us none of us were were guilty apart from Jordan. See, that's the thing. Evidence. Everyone's <laughs> egging Jordan on to do it, but then the cameras come out and it's like, no, Jordan by himself, Jordan. <laughs> oh, that's, that is horrendous. Yeah, that so, it, and it, he's just boxed that back up? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what he done with it in the end, but Moron never used them. I think he got rid of them. It's like fluorescent thing. orange as well. That is. That what were you the victim of anything like that or? Not really. I had my boxers cut a few times. Yeah. Uh, Who's brave no. enough to go near them at the training ground? Oh, we had some little. We had some right group then. We had like Butch, Callum Butcher, <laughs> and David Worrell. They were two nasties t- together. I tell you. I'm, I'm still in. I'm still in a group a chat though. with uh, Wazza, Butch, uh, Morrow, and myself. We, yeah. have, we still have a group <laughs> chat. What, what was David Worrell at? Oh, like, was, <laughs> I worked. I worked yeah. with him before, and, and was as a he character. was a legend, right? But he he used to just take your gear like it didn't matter, and he would he would hide it. I remember it hidden. The, the the groundsman had some sandbags for the ground, and he hid my gear buried in sand. But his right. gear was that crap <laughs> yeah. that he didn't care if there was any <laughs> repercussion to him. Yeah. And I remember one time on an away trip, they locked Hutchie and Fergie in their room. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why, but um, we had the we had the power uh, circuit outside the room, so they cut all the power off. To they managed to get into some cupboard and cut the power off to Fergie and Archie. <laughs> Did they take the maid's trolley as well? I don't know what. I, th- I, I don't know who took the maid's trolley. But they, they, they had the room ready, and they the the one. <laughs> I probably, I don't know if I should say this really, but <laughs> the one you know, the 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 way they could come out of their room and turn the electric back on was if uh, Butch and Wazza could, could pour piss on them <laughs> <laughs> what yeah so from over the balcony Fergie I think took uh, a good lo- a bin you know a hotel bin load of piss yeah. <laughs> 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 and that was that was just kind of how it how it was then them early days that I came. Um, I suppose it was that team spirit though that then obviously linked on to the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah how, how, how we've worked that one out, them two linked together, pouring piss. Well, that's it? just Butch and Wasser. When they were together, honestly. A lot of piss banter. You don't want to, yeah. you didn't want to be around them. I, I figured that early on, early on, and uh, stayed stayed away from them, I think. Yeah. Well, I t- look, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you, to be honest. Um, we'll go back to on the pitch stuff. Um, got Litchie Boy here he sort of writes out our our plan for the episode we've got FA Cup running and Spurs away um, yeah. a certain England international had to go yeah. off pretty early um, for, a, for a Jake Cooper challenge yeah. um, what was it like coming up against someone who is 100% going to go on and smash the, the all time England goal scoring record and well, it was only about 10 minutes, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, know, yeah. <laughs> I remember giving him yeah, a high no, five really. saying, well done. <laughs> yeah, it was, then they brought Ericsson on it. It was worse, I think. Um, and Son that day. Son, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a big occasion. Um, I think the games before, you know, the atmosphere here was probably, you know, the the great thing about that cut run and just getting to go to that game, the start and the preparation and that was was that was unbelievable you know being in that stadium you know walking out in front of all those people was was brilliant obviously the game was tough you know we hung in there for i think half an hour 20 odd minutes i, ge- I genuinely could listen to webby all day saying that he was buzzing that uh harry kane's come off and then yeah. who was it yeah, it was all about him before like oh yeah. kane's yeah. there kane's and yeah. he goes off and then son i'm sure son came son on was and a christ <laughs> Nightmares. Nightmare. Nightmare. Quick. <laughs> it's quick like you wouldn't see quick anyone like I'd ever seen. And just the pace and movement of him that day anyway it was 
then also had like Christian Eriksen, Deli Alley, yeah, as well. Just and Trippier and that the cross. Yeah, they fullback centre playing yeah. as wide strikers. Yeah. Were. I think Mora had a shot from about the halfway line. That was the <laughs> of the most buzzing I was the whole game. I think <laughs> that, that we got it down their end. But apart what from that, what is it about this guy? Obviously, we'll talk about the obvious one, the Everton game later on in the show. But yeah. What is it about this club that has such a special tie to the FA Cup? Obviously, you've you've played in a fair few here already, haven't you? I think it's just here, man. Being at the Den, like I think we play anyone here, it's just different, isn't it? I don't know why or what it is. I can't. You can put your finger on one thing, but obviously the the fans being a massive part of that. But we just perform in games here, whether they're league games, cup games, whoever it is, you just back us to have a foothold in the game at some point and, and you know create chances and be, be solid and it just seems to come together when we, when we play teams here especially and you know and when we have the, the big clubs come and the, the big crowds turn up it just makes them, them days even more special I think Yeah I had so many high moments here uh, particularly in the FA Cup which you've been a part of uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about the, the Leicester game when when you're coming up against an opposition the fans here that they're more than back you when it's going well when it doesn't go so well and for example that Leicester game where you get that yeah. red card what, what's going through your mind then because obviously to, both of you as a centre backs you, you've played in these big games I mean what is that feeling like when when, that, when the ref brandishes that red card and I imagine that the next hour or so feels extremely lonely but then obviously going on to win that game a mixture of emotions yeah well I knew it was coming as soon as I tackled the, the geezer I kind of knew it I was kind of pumped up at the start got a silly yellow and then kind of was walking on, on tight ropes but yeah I remember watching Sean Cummins goal from the kit room Gaz's kit room down in uh, in the tunnel there's like a little kit room yeah, if yeah. anyone's ever been in the in the tunnel and, and yeah it was tough um, for me at the young age but I guess I just it, it helped me learn for the rest of my career but I remember Chopper coming in to me straight off the pitch and saying look I'm going to I'm going to give you a bollock in here in front of the lads but just take it and he gave me a few words I can't even remember what he said in the, in the dressing room but the lads won so it kind of you know paid out well and the, the the biggest impact had on me was that I had to miss the, the next league game and, and then and then obviously uh miss out on, on on playing then and getting back in the team so that was that that's what I learnt from that game and if you wanna if you wanna stay in the team and play games you can't get sent off and that's something I've kind of, you know, put into my career going forward I think and, and massively improved. Is it a like, strange feeling being sort of in those situations if, you, if you're ever sent off and you you sort of have to watch from the dressing you can't go back out can you you've you no. got to watch it from literally a couple of walls behind I think the worst thing's waiting for the lads to come in yeah. to yeah. see their reaction yeah. um, I mean like we've gone about the group no one's ever going to come in and yeah. say oh bad like but yeah if you get sent off and then the team gets dicked you know the lads aren't going to be happy but yeah. should, that apprehension of oh I wonder what the lads are going to say are, are you thinking win? about what you're going to say to them Nah, because there's nothing you can say. Is that you hold your hand up, you say I'm sorry, and then it's done for. Mm. Like using that example, Coots aren't gone out there to get sent off. Yeah, it's yeah, just a yeah. mistake, you know. Yeah. Everyone makes a mistake in a football match. This time he got a red card, and we'd actually won, so it was no detriment. It wasn't detrimental to anyone yeah. apart from myself. So, yeah, you know, you, I was only thinking about oh, I'm going to miss out now, and the lads have have played really well. So, it's just a lonely sat there on your own showering on your own 
and there's a game going on yeah five ten meters away it's just weird i imagine there's a slight delay on the TV as well you're watching on as well so you probably hear everything that's going on first yeah it's actually weirdly quiet though down in there under the under the stadium bit where the change rooms are but not that I've experienced it too many times yeah thanks it's crazy it's yeah. like things like do I get a shower should yeah. I get a shower yeah. or do I wait in my kit for the lads to come in yeah. Or yeah. everything you quit you're sick and like what's the, yeah you doubt yourself for everything yeah. many highs and lows in your loan period but it ends obviously I think you're on the bench at Wembley is yeah. that correct yeah what do you remember about that day? Um, I just remember it going to Wembley and obviously the the hype around the game, um, the build-up of the game. I was still young and naive, really. I didn't really understand what it meant to the football club or for myself. Um, I bet you soon learned, though, after yeah. seeing, seeing the celebrations. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I, just, I kind of expected it in a way. Like, you know, clubs get promoted, you kind of lived... I'd obviously lived off Reading and them, seeing them get be promoted multiple times, and it was kind of an expected thing. So I was just kind of used to that, and I hadn't really been involved in the in any of the playoff games. So it was just about being there to to support the guys and being that being ready to come on if I needed to be. And yeah, it was a great moment for the for the football club and and great to be involved in part of the celebrations and I'm going to hand this over to you two to discuss it was an now infamous picture <laughs> somewhere in London medals around your neck medal tracksuits <laughs> and from St Boris bikes discuss yeah I'll go first but I, <laughs> I remember there quick there didn't they? <laughs> we was we was in traffic I don't even even know where the McDonald's was do you remember no nah, I don't I, <laughs> nah. I'd got drug tested after the game oh, so yeah. me and Morrow were getting drug tested so all the celebrations in the change room were going on. You missed that because you're taken away. The food's in there, all that had gone. The beers are all gone. So we've literally come into the change room. There's no one there. Get showered, go upstairs, see the family. And I am starving at this point. And like Coop says, we're driving through London. Traffic's mental. I needed some food. So I said um, to the driver, I need to stop and get some food. Yeah. Shouted back, anyone getting off? And he goes, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're leave him on his own, yeah, exactly. Right? Get off. Got some food, didn't we? And we look around thinking, shit, the bus has gone. How are we getting back? Yeah. And I had some experience with Boris bikes. I hadn't, I'd never even heard of them. I didn't yeah. even know what they were. So I brought him in. I knew how to work the, the kind of thingy to to rent the bikes. and Was that worrying, relying on him to show you? They were literally right <laughs> out <of laughs> yeah, they were li- But literally, what time at McDonald's and they were there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'd, like, Pay by card, I was like, gobsmacked, man. Like, <laughs> getting a bike paid. Don't get this up, no, nah, not at all. So the bus <laughs> wasn't going to wait for you, you knew. Nah, we weren't even, oh, we I knew, we yeah. weren't even bothered by yeah. it. It was just yeah. like, get some food. We've, I think we were going to get a taxi or so God knows how we were going to get back, but all the tube and the bikes were just there, and then we had it on our maps how to get to the hotel. We it's a hell of a journey, <laughs> wasn't it? It's was longer than we thought, I think. <laughs> and then we couldn't find a, a station to obviously dock the bikes back. Um, so we was riding around um, Tower of London for a little bit, but we got there eventually, and we yeah. weren't too far behind the bus in the end. So, how was the night that followed? It was it was chilled for me. We were just with family in the in the hotel, and then yeah, it was pretty chilled. And then we I went on family with on holiday with my family the the day after really because obviously our break was cut a lot shorter because of the playoffs, and I was going back to Reading then, and that was kind of. I thought that was the kind of end of end of it and I was just saying my goodbyes to everyone at the club and, and wishing them all really. Did you not expect to 
Uh, Make it a permanent move or? I didn't have a clue. I was a 21 year old lad. I, I thought I was going back to Reading and, you know, they had just got to the player final themselves in the championship and I kind of knew my road was coming to an end there and I just, I, just, I was so naive, I think. I just was waiting to see what happened and, and make sure I was ready to go back and train with, with Reading before anything else. Just talking of Reading, before we talk about your move to Mill being made permanent, I quite enjoyed last season when you scored there. Um, I remember we took you up for a press conference, didn't we? Yeah. And the reporter thought you were sort of taking yeah. the piss out of the Reading fans when you scored um, yeah, the opposite lot- end of the away fans. Yeah. And you were pointing up, weren't you? But you were... You, I think the reporter thought they were going to have a story on you sort yeah. of taking the piss out of the fans, but it, it wasn't the case, was it? No. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people thought that. But uh, my academy manager, obviously, Eamon Dolan, died and they named the stand after him. So I have a lot of, you know, I'm very close with his family still and I still speak to his brother a lot and his, his, his wife. Um, so that was just a memorial for him really and just a touching moment for me to be able to score in that that end so that was what that was about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so when you make the move permanent have uh, a Millwall I'm, I imagine you know to come back to a squad which squad which you've slotted into so well familiar yeah. personalities same mentality of now progressing in the championship on the back of such a good season it I imagine when that offer is presented in front of you, it's, it's a no-brainer. And did you have any other offers at that at that time? Um, not that I remember. I think it was pretty. Um, Chopper was pretty keen from the start of the pre-season. I remember Webby actually ringing me himself, probably trying to get a few, uh, you know, little things he can take back to Chopper. <laughs> Chopper <laughs> more. Pro- yeah. <laughs> Chopper's Morrow pro- would get on to me. See if uh, see if we can get Coots back, but. Um, no, I think once they they made it clear that they wanted me, and Reading, it was just about forcing Reading then to let me go. In in a in a neutral way, that was that was easy for for both clubs, and yeah, it happened the week before I think the season started, so it was perfect really in a way. Well, conversations like that happen though. I'm like, I imagine you two would have been talking quite a bit over the summer, and yeah, yeah. You, you do, especially if someone's been at the club or. Yeah. If you know someone, the manager or other lads will say, "Oh, what's happening?" And we spoke to him. Like, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah loads. Now I'm used. To, I'm the other end now, trying to <laughs> trying help to players. get people yeah. coming here. <laughs> yeah, I like it. You go into that championship season with three very strong centre halves at the club in you two and Sean Hutchinson. How do them discussions come about as to who plays, who sits on the bench? It must be a frustrating. He might not even it. know it. That, we played Forest, was it the first? Yeah, game? the gaffer. I know spoke. Gaffer to you. pulled me. Um, and said he's going to go with Coops and Hutch and then me and Chopper had yeah, a, <laughs> a ding dong <laughs> I didn't know it yeah obviously because Webby was training silently and not speaking to me yeah. so, <laughs> that First was kind of sports since <laughs> that was like right I, I must be playing then but Webby's not speaking to me now but uh, it was just kind of I don't know we still have it now like the with Hutchie and, and people like you want to play like that's how it is and it, it just pushes you on and you know Chopper signed me and I think he yeah he wanted to play me but then I came out I was out the next week and Webby was was back in so it was it's, it's the way it goes and we just you know we was, we was desperate to play and this is how it is in all in all clubs I would say yeah 
well, someone with Hutchie as well, you've you've pretty much. We were discussing before, and we'll talk more about it later on. About it. I think it was 130 plus consecutive games, and a lot of them is with Sean Hutchinson alongside you as well, and and someone who I remember talking to him saying um, when he joined Millwall, all he wanted was that promotion, and with someone that with that mentality, what what is it like playing alongside Sean Hutchinson? Because he he comes across as such a leader, and, and rightly so, wearing the captain's armband as well. Yeah, I think we just we just have we just have a good understanding of each other and um i know what what he wants to do in the game and how he intends to play it and i think he knows the same about me as i did with webby and you know when you play so many games together it's just like a it's like a trust i think especially in that position you just you want to trust the person next to you and probably the goalie behind you mm. and that's all that kind of matters really and then you just have build a relationship off that and, and an understanding and and you know, Hutchie's someone I have a lot of trust in as a player, um, and that was clear from the start. So, yeah, I've obviously loved, you know, every game I've I've played with him, and I just know that he's gonna do his best to kind of get me out of the shit, and I know that I'm gonna try and get him out of the shit, and that's kind of just how it's been, and and how it it has always um, been throughout our our time at the club. Do you think you both make each other better players when you play together? It, it it sort of seems when one doesn't have the other that maybe we, we don't quite look as strong. But when you're both together, it seems that chemistry that you've got that's been built on for so many years, it seems to really thrive. Yeah, I think good players make other players better, don't they? I think that's just that's just how it is. And uh, obviously, me and him have been the the main centre half now for a good few years, so it's kind of just is that way that we support each other better than maybe what what other people have have done and and it's just like I say having that understanding of each other that maybe you don't get straight away with, with other people so yeah I, I think we've been successful so you you probably can say that that we make each other better yeah to talk to us about pre-seasons obviously before you head into that 17-18 season where the club did so well nearly broke into the top 6 what are what are pre-seasons like for Jake Cooper is are you a fan of them or or, uh, or sort of dread them because you speak to likes of Mazza or Billy Mitchell yeah. they're all for it What what's your mentality on pre-season? I don't, I'm somewhere in between uh, right. I think I don't mind them but I miss the competitive nature of them of the of the league season um, yeah I find friendlies a bit you know I wouldn't say well, they lack the intensity yeah they? they just lack the edge and um, I'm just dying for the the season start and have the games constantly you know to to go off so preseason for me is just about coming through fit being ready for the the season ahead and and you know developing on my game in, in areas that I can what's a pre-season trip like were they pre-season trips yeah um, doled down a bit now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're um, the, well with Chopper when we did them they're intense they're obviously the hard in when you're training, but it lets you have one one night out, which is how how much do you look forward to that one night out? Particularly if you know it's coming, does that we do? But it's always on a Tuesday or something. The planet will, yeah. so right? Uh, yeah. It's oh, never right. on a Friday or Saturday. It's, it's a Tuesday <laughs> where it's quiet. So, but no, the pre seasons are always good. Like Coots when he first came came into the group for the for the meal. Yeah. The pre season tours are obviously about grafting, working in 
higher temperatures um, and also for the new lads to be integrated into the squad so it does have a number of benefits so, so they're important really the, the pre-seasons when they're so regiment and you've got to stick to such a strong time frame do you find at times that you can be a little bit not a chore but like you can get like bored quite easily if if it's the same thing each day and you can't really break out from from that routine for a solid week I think that's our life as footballers yeah yeah, we are yeah. creatures of habit where it is regimented every day. Coops are going for breakfast, going for training, yeah. massages, whatever, and then go on. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I, I just sort of get the the idea that at times there can be quite a lot of waiting around. I imagine when, say for example, at the time of recording this, we've got Rotherham away on a Wednesday coming up soon. Sometimes if you travel up the day before, you've then got that that whole day waiting around haven't you that's the bit I enjoy yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love them days yeah you know, away from the the kids the day in the hotel just <laughs> laying there watching whatever you want doesn't happen too often so yeah true and uh yeah just you know you just get get to rest and and have some alone time and you know get prepared for the game ahead and pre-season trips are similar but obviously you're with the lads more so it's kind of better and it's down to the, the club and to, to keep them times entertained isn't it we would fill the time with certain team activities and team bonding sessions and things like that so you know they, they can be uh, really enjoyable trips what's been, what's been some of the most memorable team bonding ones you've had obviously the one in Ireland we had the escape room didn't we yeah that Quite was really it. good actually that that was that well was no really you, did, you didn't have that attitude at the start no. let's, be, let's be real yeah. everyone was losing their heads at the start yeah. thinking we're in the pouring rain here yeah getting muddy like, and yous lot were far from happy at the start yeah we didn't like the idea of it we hadn't been told what we were doing um but that was really good i really enjoyed that yeah. escape room thing with like six different teams whatever it was really good it was sort of like a new take on the escape room wasn't it it was yeah. you had to find out the clues in the cabin and build your fire yeah who was on your team yeah. I had who did I have? I had Longy was a good one. Longy. Um Jeff Bart? Yeah, I had Bart, I had two keepers. Um who were quite good. I had I had like Tyler, but he actually turned out to be quite good. Yeah, we did we didn't, didn't expect really. that. <laughs> uh who I had a couple of young lads, I think it was Hayden and Alex Mitchell or something, but they were yeah. good. And we yeah, we we chucked ourselves into it. That was the main thing. I think you just had to get involved and that was a good thing. But you know, we've done loads, I think I think back in the day when Webby was there, we went um, we went on a banana boat. <laughs> that was a good any good? Shall I show you a picture of that as well? Yeah, I've got some good videos <laughs> of that as well. We um, I don't know if I have one actually. There no. was loads of us. Yeah, we went down to the beach and got on a banana boat, and literally we couldn't stay on it. Like, yeah. we were, there was so many of us. Took us out. There was like fourteen of us on a banana boat, which made for ten or something. Yeah. Fifty yards, we went out. We spent the whole time just falling off. The back <laughs> I can see. I can trust them. I can trust. I'll be. I'll be scared. I'm going to get like fucking whiplash or something. What would be? What would be the ideal team bonding one? Would it be like paintballing, something like go karting? We tried that, didn't we? As well. Yeah, paintballing. Not go well. Just hurts, doesn't it? True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they're always good. Like. 
it depends what you want. Chill out. A, a meal and a couple of drinks is always a good one. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's easy. usually a bit of singing from the new lads who come come in initiation, so they'll get up, they'll sing. Go on, what was this like? I can't remember. No, you can. I've got a video of it as well. Oh, yes. Video. Very, very good. <laughs> I do. Oh, oh, the best. One of the best, in fact. I'll put him up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was good. Okay. Very good. What did he sing? It's his own song. What, what would you class it as? It's like a wed- Marion song, but it's kind of... It kind of... Um, little, little preview <laughs> now, or...? Uh, can we put the video up? We it goes like... It go- no, video. the video's bad as well. Is it? It's like... <laughs> it's like... goes like... All of a sudden, he can't find it now. It's like um, talking about a marrying man and how he marries certain uh, people's daughters, right? And their positions in the football pitch. So he marries a a goalkeeper's daughter's daughter, and he's good at grabbing balls. (laughs) And and you get the gist of it. And it goes on and on. So yeah. And the defenders, uh, you know, his daughter's good at heading. (laughs) <laughs> Coots, I try to help you out there, lad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to find this picture, lads. Yeah, you're struggling. It, you're struggling with the pictures here. Wait, I've just got so many pictures. I'm nearly there. I'm on pre-season, I think. Here we go. We're trying to. We are trying. This is. We're trying to find the banana boat one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm nearly there. I think. Who else in your time, webby has got a few uh, stinkers when it comes to initiations? Or on the on the flip side, it was it was very good. I remember someone brought um, a guitar in, but I can't remember who it was. Oh, yeah. Have you got it? Um, so the mainly bad. The, the, yeah, the songs. Do you recognise all of them? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got Mazda at the back, Archer, Jed, Webby there, Savs. Tony. It's a good squad there. There yeah. you go. There's yeah, one for you. I've got it myself, I was just looking for it, yeah. Yeah, good times. Good, good times. So that leads on to the 17-18 season. Oh, we're just coming up to the final part now, we'll, we'll sort of whiz through this. You've got the 17-18 season where you've done so well, nearly breaking into the top six. The following season, you've got seven goals yourself. Um, just talk to us about that first season back in the championship because I imagine the, the spirit at the time was yeah. was was an all-time high, really. Yeah, it was incredible, really. Um, took us all by surprise a little bit. I think we we obviously went on that 17 game unbeaten run or something and it was it was just crazy and uh, it was always the goal just to get to 50 points Chopper would say and um, I think we we played I remember the day we actually played Hull away and it was like February or something and we'd got 50 points already and we had a little celebration then and, and we just went on on from there and I, I remember the Leeds game away from home where Livers hammered us when we just beaten them four three, hammered us for uh, for not playing well enough against ten men. Saying we were, you know, soft and and all this. And uh, did you agree? Yeah, to a little bit. But we we it, it just got to January. and We just won our first away game. So I think Sav said when he he, he got battered when they got into the dressing room, yeah. and he said he came away from it thinking, oh, we just we just won four three. We just won at Ellen Road, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, but then we, I think we won six away games on the bounce, so maybe Livers was right and it worked. And uh, you know, we certainly pushed us on from there, and we had a great end to the season. And I remember the the Fulham game here, and it was probably one of my favourite games at the Den. Well, not the actual game, but like the the atmosphere um, was incredible at the start. The first half just was 
was incredible. I remember hitting the crossbar and it was just electric, you know, the whole stadium. And we were a couple of games off getting in the top six, but you know that 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 was kind of the achievement that we'd we'd come from, you know, getting promoted and then surprising so many teams. You know, with our actual, you know, quality and uh, and our ability, especially here at the Den, um, that season was just, uh, you know, remarkable to be involved in. When you're in game mode, I remember you saying, Webby, that sometimes the noise for you is just, is it, I think you said it just shuts out for you. Yeah. you. You crack on. Do you do you feel that noise or are you sort of similar where once you're in game mode, everything else around you? There's certain moments, I think, you definitely are in game mode, but there's certain moments where you notice, like when you're trying to speak to someone, for example, um, in away games when you're trying to defend a goal, sort of, for example, at Aston Villa, you can just feel the whole kind of stadium at the, that Villa part is brilliant though, isn't yeah. it? Um, and then at the den, like when you sort of, when you miss a chance or something, you hear obviously the, the thing at the start of the game, the singing and, you know, Hey Jude and the 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 Mill song that, that we have, when that's going off is, is obviously great moment to be involved in we, we actually spoke about the uh, what was the the uh, game we had dedicated to uh, Her Majesty yeah QPR um, QPR, QPR. Yeah, um, that was crazy as well yeah. pretty much that was yeah I remember having shivers on the pitch for that that was mental to be a part of just an incredible everyone singing like the same song yeah and that was that I, so I was pitch side as well yeah. and genuinely I think that that was amazing I can't imagine what it was like for you walking out yeah you know in the middle of the pitch singing singing the national anthem with the reef as well there that I think that that summed up everything brilliant yeah. about this football club in terms of atmospheres at, at home just the noise that can be generated there yeah especially to have two London clubs like that it was just special you know and yeah it was just amazing to be to be a part of it and have the role I had on the day was was, was special yeah stadium tours at the den are back and now it's time for you to get an exclusive behind the scenes tour of our famous ground from hosting your very own press conference in our media lounge and paying a visit to the director's box, you can round off the tour by stepping into the shoes of Millwall legends and getting a famous look into our home dressing room. To book your access or areas past now, head to millwalltickets.com. There you are. So when he when he first come on there, um, when we first had him on, so it syncs up the cameras. We'll keep this on as well. So it syncs up the cameras, you clap like that. Right. So that camera can pick it up, that camera can pick it up, and we can put Do it the sound, together. yeah. And when we went to me, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why'd you keep clapping? I thought I was having myself off. You thought I was applauding myself. Right, it's Now he's getting used to it. Um, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that was it, really. So why haven't you done that today, till now? Do you want me to do, you want me to do it? I'd like you to, to be refreshed. Right, okay, okay. Ready? Yeah. There we go, part two. Um, also worth mentioning, uh, forgot to give you that little present at the start. Welcome, yeah, Coops. Uh, very, very poor from us. Still getting used to the new studio, Coops. So uh, no, like that was my embarrassing gaff. Hopefully, you can make up for it now because Mark, um, as you just said, he's running the show here. He has got a little Millwall quiz for you. He's on it, um, literally. To test it, to <laughs> test it. So, Mark, over to you, mate. Coops. Let's find out how much you know about your Millwall career. Eight questions. Right. Six of them about you in particular. Two just about Millwall in general. Oh, God. Yeah. First question. We spoke, obviously, your debut came at Bradford City. Yeah. Can you remember your first home game? Oh. 
Don't get the first one wrong. <laughs> I can. It was in the cup. It was in the cup. Against Watford. It was against Watford. Yes. Correct. One out of one. Yes. What was your what was your first impressions of the den? Unbelievable. I thought it was brilliant, yeah. The cup game, it was obviously quite a big crowd, first game. Um yeah, I just thought it was wicked, like the whole atmosphere around it and the support and obviously we scored a late goal and it was just yeah, it was I, I loved it, yeah. Is that is that two out of two? Was that a question for him? Uh, yeah, got no more. That's the point. That was a question. Oh, was what am I supposed to? You say? answered no, it. No, you <laughs> answered it perfectly. No, so you, you can have it. it yeah, right, that's okay. an extra point for you. <laughs> Second up, you got a bit of a tendency scoring against Sheffield United, haven't you? Right. But how many goals in how many games against Sheffield United? Oh, for the, my whole middle career. Yeah. From the start, I'd say it's five goals. In eight games. Oh, very close. Nine games. Well, I'll give you eight because one was in the FA Cup. So right. In, oh, the yeah. champi- in the championship, eight. Eight. But all competitions, nine. Okay. Why? Why? Why Sheffield United? Got no idea. My, I've got family from Sheffield. To be fair, um, I spent quite a bit of time in Sheffield when I was younger, visiting family, and my grandma used to drive me past Bramall Lane, um, and I would look at it in kind of awe as a young kid. So maybe that's got some <laughs> spiritual meaning or something but I just it just kind of you religious? Not, not at all not at all oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah maybe they're just smaller and don't defend that place did you have a team that you like scoring against? Um, you got a couple against Oldham when, when yeah, we put them together some goal stuff <laughs> should have had an actual yeah. but yeah, yeah, no, 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 saying, no. yeah. But you got obviously got the equaliser in that 1-1 game and then you scored the winner last season yeah. Did either of those mean more to you, or are they just equal? Because the, the, I mean, the equaliser was a, a pretty big goal at the time, wasn't it? Given yeah. The state of the season. Yeah, yeah, but that winner was—I don't know. It, every goal feels the same, I think, especially when it's like a late goal like that. That means something. It's hard to kind of pick a difference in them, but obviously that one last season was was something special. That was incredible. That winner, yeah. genuinely, that was. Yeah, that was good fun. And that a bit of commentary that. Uh, no, yeah, like it was. Yeah. I remember, I remember me and you feeling a bit of pressure as well because obviously Bruffy had just left, yeah. and we were trying to pretty much do everything in the press box ourselves. So it was two men trying to do the job of about five or six. And I remember it was one-one, and I was thinking if we win, I'd have to grab the camera and go down and do the on the pitch the the post-match, and um, you go and do that. So yeah. I'm literally like I'm going to base. I'm going right. Leave me out of the final few minutes. I've got to grab the camera and go <laughs> down. That is such a sweet strike though wasn't it yeah like, yeah I, d- I just remember trying to keep it down and yeah it just flew in so it was great because I think we deserved the win that day as well so just for the whole team it was just a a massive lift yeah for us at the time and it came it came I mean, we can see the penalty just before half time didn't yeah. we yeah see the penalty yeah. and then they had a man sent off so then there was kind of emphasis on us at the time to yeah, take yeah. the game at Bramall Lane's not easy and yeah we uh we managed to finish it like that, so it was, it was a good moment. We went on a, a bit of a crazy run of consecutive fixtures, playing every single minute of every single game before a dislocated You're shoulder. Ask me how many? Yeah. Unfortunately, I am going to ask you how many. How many fixtures before you unfortunately had to miss one? I'll give you a clue. It was over a hundred. I know it's around one hundred and thirty, but you're not far off. <sighs> yeah, but does that mean it's higher or lower? 
137. Six. I would have never got that. I would have gonna say 132, so I would have never got that. Yeah, 136. I mean, you must have been absolutely devastated. Because I think I remember Birmingham away. I think you you played on to the end of the game, didn't you, with a dislocated yeah. shoulder. Such was your your desire to not miss yeah. any minutes. Yeah, I yeah I popped my shoulder out of the back or socket, which is quite weird, and it popped almost straight back in about 45 seconds later. The doc came on. I think it was Paul actually put it back in. It hurt. Yeah, oh, it's the worst pain. Yeah. Anyone who's popped their shoulder out will tell you how bad it is for that time it's out of the socket. Um, but then it went back in, I was like, oh, it's like I've been given a drug, like, um, and the pain just kind of went completely from what it was. And we only had 10, five, 10 minutes left, I think. So I managed to get through there pretty comfortably. comfortably. But then I remember obviously being desperate to, to be fit for the next game. I can't remember who, what was the game I missed? Uh, I think it was Birmingham at home. No, that was the game I did it against Birmingham Way. That's where I did it. And then I missed a game, I think. I can't remember now, but I just remember getting the scans and stuff and still being like, I can travel. Who's away to someone, I think? Um, and they took it out of my hands and was like, no. And then, you know, I came back for the next game, which mm. was a bit of a shame, but it had to end at some stage. Yeah. So, you know, popping my shoulder out is probably a good better excuse than some could have been I guess <laughs> yeah uh, let's move on to the next question Millwall Football Club and yourself got a great relationship with the FA Cup your first home game for Millwall was in the FA Cup as we've just discovered but how many FA Cup games have you played in in a Millwall shirt that's hard that yeah. is horrific what is it six six no five scenes of FA Cups at home did you say just in at, all over all over average three yeah maybe 10, 11? Not far off. 14. 14. 14. Yeah. That's quite a lot. That's a hard one, coach. That. Yeah. They'll play every couple. <laughs> That's not bad. You've, uh, you've been here a while now, but how many appearances have you made in total for the club the to, to date as we, as we sit here right now? All appearances. Yeah, in all competitions on uh, what's, what's today's date? He knows this. 26th of September. Oh, how many? taken the programmes away, and I did use a check in the programme. How many times has Jake Cooper played for Mill Football Club as of the 26th of September? We've played 10 games, so probably 263. Absolutely spot on. No way, I knew you. That's quite But we haven't had programmes all season. No, no, no. I knew last season, obviously. Yeah. And I knew when I hit 250, so. Oh, you've been on soccer plays before, this, haven't you, in the car? We do compare appearances uh, a little bit with the lads. What's uh, what's your favourite game? If you had to pinpoint one game amongst them, two hundred and sixty-three, as your favourite game for for whatever reason it may be, yeah. what would it be and why? Favourite game. That's a hard one. Well, from the end of the game, obviously that Sheffield United, I think away game last season, was probably my favourite. For the build-up of a game, was probably that the most anticipated game for the club was that Fulham one here where we had a real chance of, of reaching the playoffs yeah um, yeah favourite away ground to play at Bramall Lane I suppose but yeah. apart, apart from uh, apart from that anywhere Park obviously uh, Ellen Road <coughs> the, the obvious ones mm. they're all brilliant and especially in the middle side places like Ellen Road are 
are a great um, experience. Okay, well, you've counted your appearances. What score are we on? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to work it out after. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost. I've lost track. I've done pretty well, I think. Yeah. From, let's go Pop from appearance. Right, they get, uh, trust me, they get, there's some general knowledge coming up. Here. <laughs> <laughs> let's go from appearances to goals. How many goals you scored in a Millwall shirt? For Millwall, twenty-two. Spot on again. Fuck. He's, yeah, <laughs> he's done it. Either that, or he can see <laughs> the screen. <laughs> can you move my answers oh, back a little bit. Uh, favorite Millwall goal. Oh, I keep saying. The let's well, let's take out the two Sheffield United ones. Favorite Millwall goal. Obviously, Reading. Um, who else have I yeah I don't know. yeah I scored a nice little flick here against Derby that goes underrated <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I tickled you there it's just how he goes underrated <laughs> I scored a great one that, that Scally uh, Yuri Skalak shot and it hit my shin. Yeah, that was I remember one that. Of my favorites yeah, to get correct. a goal like that. Yeah. Uh, harsh on Yuri as well. Yeah, yeah really harsh. <laughs> but you got to take him. And yeah, I don't know that that Sheffield United away and Redden away. Yeah, take some beating. I think. Okay, two general well general knowledge questions, but about Millwall to finish you off. First of all, can you name the club's top three all-time leading goal scorers? Steve Morrison. Neil Harris. Yeah. So you've named first and third there. So who would who would be second? First and third. Can you have a clue? Yeah, I'm not playing with him. Uh, no, you haven't played with him. Um, England international. Teddy Sheringham. Correct. Yeah. No, no, you you doubted him. He knows a lot more than no, you thought. You, you needed need a little. <laughs> yeah, I needed a clue. A little okay. Little that. All right. Okay, final question about the current squad. How many nationalities are in the current squad right now? 22, 23. Right, let's go through them then. Am I, am I able to drag this out? Yeah. So you've also got English, you've got Scottish. Yep. You've got Northern Irish, you've got Republic of Ireland. Yep. You've got Hungary. Yep. You've got German, you've got Dutch. You've got anyone else? Yeah. In the current squad, uh, you've. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to guess here now and say that. Do it quickly and say there's two more and go with nine. Oh, very close. Very close. The answer's ten. Oh, you what got. Have I missed? Uh, probably Benick, Congo. Right, yeah. You got England, Poland, Republic of Ireland, Poland, Scotland, yeah, Netherlands. Yeah, Hungary, Northern Ireland, Congo, Wales, and Germany. Wales, Ten. Brothers, yeah. yeah. Brothers is a sneaky one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, fair dues. Not bad, Coops, not bad. I don't know what your final score is. We'll work it out at the end, but not bad. Is that right? We're done with that? Done, yeah. Nice. Into the final part. Am I intelligent enough? <laughs> yeah. You're top of the board. <laughs> but there's only you. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Right, into the final part now. Um, the Everton goal. Um, it's one of those... Year after year, it's recycled out on our social media channels. Um, one of the most iconic goals, one of the most iconic games. For Chopper, not for me. Though. For Chopper, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the media team. And the media team. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you know deep down that... Oh, yeah. But I thought I'd get away with it. I didn't think it was that bad at the time. The video makes it look worse, I think. Yeah. I just felt like it hit me in the moment. 
um, I don't remember cautiously moving my hand towards the ball, but obviously I do. So it was just, you know, subconsciously happened, and yeah, I didn't expect it to be chalked off. To be honest, at the time. We then went on the big screen and we see, <laughs> yeah, we see Joel Mars. Mad, yeah. <laughs> just talk to us about that game as a whole. When we do um, the Mill memories, some of the first team players, um, it's always brought up. Muzzle, obviously. Yeah. Muzzle's um, one, obviously. He brings that up as well. That was, uh, yeah, that was just carnage, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember after I scored, saying it was quite late on. I think saying like this, take this, this, keep this a draw now because we'd, I think we'd had three four shots maybe in the game they had all the play and we had scored off two set plays um, so I remember saying this keep this for a, a replay because obviously how how big it would be for the club to go up to Everton um, and then yeah we just produced that moment we had got another set play and you know whacked it in their box and caused carnage and and Mazer, uh Mazza managed to finish it like he did and yeah it was a, another special FA Cup memory for the for the club Could you sense something was coming was there any complacency from from Everton amongst the players that you felt because obviously fall, be, fall behind to a a long I think it was a long range shot wasn't it that's yeah. spilt in by, by Jordan then they obviously they come back No it was very good they was putting pressure on us a lot um, but we always sense it from a set play that year especially we was very dominant I think from set plays and still up to the present day I think that's kind of our strength and we got the opportunity to to have a couple of uh, of of where well, we had scored from a long free kick and a and a corner I believe second phase from a corner so that was kind of the how we felt the only chance would come so we we got the opportunity and, and made it count Willow was was one of the players that took the set piece I think for Muzzers yeah for Muzzers goal um, whenever we've spoken about Willow, I mean, you said it the other day, didn't you, Webby? Um, such an intelligent player. Yeah. Um, what what was it like for you playing alongside? Obviously, we'd love to get him on here and, and talk to him as well. Yeah. What, what was it like with Willow? Willow was class. Like, obviously, him as a player, you just like you couldn't get a ball off him, could you? Like, yeah. he was so. It was like the ball was stuck to him. He was training Ruiner near enough because he would just be the best player in training. So whoever had him on his team was buzzing weren't they and uh, he was just so as a person he was just so black and white I'd say wasn't yeah. he he was he would tell you how it was if you didn't like it he would tell you if you liked it you had a few of them yeah definitely on the training pitch just yeah. only like if I'd given a ball away or something you get Willow's dirty stare which was uh, <laughs> which was a good thing and um, and then if he liked you he loved you you know and I had a really good relationship with Willow and yeah, he was he was a great member of that that squad, and he was two different people on and off the pitch. Like who yeah. says they he'd tell you, but he wouldn't drag it off into the changing room or anything. Yeah, it was yeah. just finished then. Um, but he had a nice stare, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he was quite a scary bloke yeah. with his Irish accent. He was yeah, all those little. He's quite scary. Yeah, so uh, you listened to Willow definitely. Yeah, no, you see, for me, a player like Sean Williams, tactically and and in terms of intelligence of the game you, very hard to, to replicate or replace that sort of character in the team and p probably one of those players that goes a little bit unnoticed and underappreciated if you're not within the squad yeah. and working closely with him is that is that a fair fair analogy for it for is yeah and I think it, well he'd be admit like he got a bit of stick at the start yeah um, but I think because at Millwall 
the fans love it if you're getting stuck in and whatever else. And although Willow did that, he was the the ice man, calm, yeah. composed, keep the ball, pick a pass, oh, as well. pick a pass. You know, he, and he was massive, like you say, in training. If he was on your team, you won five aside. Was yeah. it was it like as a centre back having a player like that in front of you? Yeah, that's what I was about to say how underrated he was that season. We done well in the in the first season in championship because of them them areas he would pick up because he was so intelligent. The defensive areas that he would he would fill into went really underrated and he had a, he had a great season that year and yeah he was just a great footballer one, one of the games I wanted to speak to you about sticking with Willow um, was that Preston Preston away <laughs> game yeah um, that that was iconic night that was just a that was just a weird <laughs> weird unbelievable yeah. now up there with personally one of my favourite nights yeah. <laughs> working for this club mine as well yeah I think we could see review going up to Piercy afterwards after the game yeah. but everyone genuinely was was buzzing yeah it was, we were never going to lose we were always going to win that game I felt like you know Piercy and Willow took charge and I remember I remember the night before we'd gone up to the hotel and it was literally just players like you can imagine just there's like 25 of us players there there's no staff really we've got like the youth team goalie coach obviously everyone's off with COVID and I remember we were like making paper airplanes and throwing them <laughs> at, at the so-called staff that were, that were there Percy took it seriously though he got the oh, he got the staff oh, full on. caught was it yeah, yeah. oh yeah he was full on taking it seriously from <laughs> Friday he was like I'm putting my grey jumper on I'm not putting my boots on I'm taking the boys and uh, and yeah they did it they did a great job and we were just so desperate to, to get something out of that game for, for them and I think Alex Nell wasn't too happy with his. No, tell us about mm. that. Yeah, at the end, uh, I don't know. He's, I don't know the exact words, um, but Pierce was quite vocal. I think that night in the dugout, and uh, Alex Nell didn't didn't really like it. No, and it was um, it was a Kenza Hoare goal. Yeah, that, that kicked things off. Um, Jeb Wallace penalty, penalty yeah. to to double our lead. Um, and Bruffy got a really good post-match video of you all going up to Piercy and, and Willow and yeah. as as difficult as it was probably lo- losing our management team so close to that fixture and really I would go as far as saying if that's a Premier League club that game's being called off straight away yeah. but we yeah. we obviously had to, to pull together that day show a bit of that strong yeah. mentality that we've got and, and get a result there and, and the- Preston had a really good record at the time I think they were they had a really good record at yeah, Deepdale yeah good at the point. Good, aren't yeah. They? Yeah. yeah yeah it was just uh, I remember sitting in the car in the, we got a, uh, a car back home after the game with Piercy I was with Piercy and he was just the highest man I've ever seen I think <laughs> and you know it just bodes well for him and I can see him being a great manager down the line so well he's so good at managing players and you know f- you know feeding off that 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 game, you know, I think he's going to have a, a good career as a manager. In true footballing style, we got brought straight back down to earth the following yeah. game, didn't we? Against, against uh, Huddersfield, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this story. We tried to get this out of Matt Smith. I personally don't expect you to fully divulge on the details, um, but uh, Yuri Skalak Skar- <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> played a big part in that person. <laughs> like I said, not expecting. <laughs> Do you know the details? I mean, though? well, oh, no, yeah, I know. You know listen, what? we we allow explicit content on this podcast, but there's a there is a line. I'm so. sure. I'm sure. Right now, you can think of a way to maybe. I'm trying to think build around. <laughs> um, what do you know then? Because I don't know this. Yuri was basically, <laughs> you know, hung like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, <laughs> and he basically said he would do something for the lads if we won the game <laughs> involving his horse-like figure <laughs> didn't quite go to plan did it no no I don't remember actually what happened but that was the plan and that was kind of the the mood we were in at the time like you could say I think I think the expression was he came back from from the dressing room where he was gonna <laughs> he was gonna welcome the lads with, with a <laughs> gift <laughs> and he came back set with a task failed that task and I think I th- not through I, lack of effort I not through lack of effort <laughs> well yeah I yeah. think yeah, I think um, I think someone on the bench just turned around. I think it might have been Smudge just turned around to Yuri and went, "Yuri, what are you doing?" And he went, "It didn't work." <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, that was Yuri's part in that in that game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, no, I think honestly, genuinely, I think everything that day just yeah. just went right for us, didn't it? Um, one of the one of the, the better away days. Well, that that was obviously during COVID times with yeah. no fans in the ground, home or away. No, just I mean. F- you know, for us covering games, that, that was that was bizarre. But for, yeah. for you playing, how how do you overcome? You know, the the lack of atmosphere, and you can obviously hear shouts from the other end of yeah. the pitch, like you usually probably couldn't hear on a on a usual match. Try, I tried the the crowd noise as well, didn't we? In one of the previous crowd noise, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't great. I don't think. <laughs> um, but it was it weird. Was it terrible, was weird. Yeah. yeah, it was just quiet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just weird stuff. If the whole thing was strange, and then you kind of got used to it. And then it was almost weird again to have the fans back when they did mm. come. And uh, yeah, strange, strange time that feels like it hasn't happened now. And it mm. just feels normal again. So thankfully, we've we've got our fans back, and it certainly makes a, a big difference. Which during that time, you become a little bit more of a senior member of the squad, and also take on the armband a few times as well. How does that feel to be to captain a Millwall football club? Yeah, it's obviously a great honour. Um, you know, I've been under some great captains here at the football club already and I'd like to think I've learnt you know a lot from them you know people like Tony Craig Steve Morrison Pearcey was obviously fantastic with him leaving it's kind of left me and and, and Hutch obviously has been the, the, the main vocal point and um, yeah it's just been been good trying to learn the, the ins and outs and be involved in it kind of different differently than I have been used to but I think I have a great understanding of the club and and the fans and the the people that are involved in the club that that I can help with whoever has that role or or be a good person for that role if if needs be. I think one of the things that COVID actually taught us, um, particularly as defenders, um, is that you actually learn to appreciate how much communication is going on on the pitch. With uh, with no crowds there, you can hear every single word of what's going on. Again, Piercy, um <laughs> Yeah was his standard self yeah. um, with with the way he communicated. It was always funny. I remember when we went to Hills, uh, Hillsborough. Yeah, and, Chevrolet, uh, yeah. Coops did his... Um, yeah, he did his, his clap plan, thing. Ran straight through the middle of the Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> he had some funny... Warm-up, uh, didn't I? Funny tendencies, but he was uh, he was incredible, Piercy. Someone I've learned a lot from, spent a lot of time with. I made my debut next to Piercy at Reading, and obviously he's played so many games then at Millwall with him. Um, did you two play against each other? Did you ever come up against each other? Not that I remember. No, I don't think so. I, no. have, I didn't play that many games for Reading, so and obviously I've only played for Millwall then since. So it's true. Yeah. Um, you obviously scored that goal, which again it was gutting because it was behind closed doors. But the the Charlton winner as well. Oh yeah, that was a good one. As it well. was at a time where defensively so solid was what Gary yeah. Routes pr- 
Hadley built this this team on defensively, um, yeah. solid. And was that something that the manager encouraged you to do, particularly at that time? Because you in the back three, you would you would sort of break from that, wouldn't you? And yeah. would often find you at times back like you you were in your yeah. Sunday league days playing left wing, and and that's where that goal came from. Yeah. No, we were solid, like you said, but the gaffer kind of gave us sort of free reign and he wanted us to play in an attacking way when we were in the in the right areas. And yeah, me and Hutch had sort of been let loose, almost like we'd played as in a back four our whole careers near enough and then we got put into this system where we could go and join in attacks and sort of things and we kind of took it in our own stride and... And yeah, by the end, the gaffer was like encouraging it because we were, you know, creating chance. I think Kutchi got a couple of assists and I scored scored from that position and we were just having fun with it. And and yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed that that end of that season where we, we built up some momentum, didn't we, and finished the season really strongly um, like we're so well, well known for doing. It's obviously hindsight's a, an easy thing to have, but had the season not come to a sudden stop after that Forest game, yeah, is that one of those sort of what ifs for you? If 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 COVID hadn't stopped it and building yeah, that maybe. momentum from Forest, I think yeah, maybe you obviously can't look back too much now. But we was high as a kite after being Forest, obviously three 0 and we we had Derby at home the following week. Mm. Um, a couple of London derbies that we could have, you know, if the fans were there, maybe it would have been a different story. I remember playing QPR in a vital uh, game and. You know, it 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 wasn't to be in the end, but we had to deal with the the COVID and the things around it, and yeah, we we were fortunate in our positions at that time, and we were still able to, to train, you know, on our own at the start, and then we was able to to get back together, and yeah, we had some good times still, even w- w- without the fans, and then we we couldn't wait for them to come back. Absolutely, it's true. Um, Whether you've obviously seen Coops develop as a from a boy to a man and then as a player on the pitch what what are the differences you've seen from Coop since since obviously he started he came in and then where he's at now obviously developing into the, the leader just that how he is. speaks now he's like he's not, is it weird no it's not weird it's, it's good to see because um, when he did come in he's a young lad um, we had a good group of young lads Aidan there uh, Fred Marlon there was a lot of jokers about and he was involved in it uh, and you can see he's, he's flourished he's a leader now you know, he's a man. He's, he he does it with the way he talks, the way he answers questions. You see his performances. So nice, no, good to see. He did break out in a swear word after. Was it Derby last season? We were midway <laughs> through the interview, yeah. and you just went, "That was fucking brilliant." <laughs> Do you get angry? You never really got angry. Uh, He'd yeah. have the, this Not little thing where he got on whatever, and then that'd be him. But <laughs> yeah, little phases, but yeah, nothing. So will you be the one who, like, if there is something bad, will you, will you chirp up in the change room and, and say, oh, do you leave it to uh, Hutchie? It's not really or like that now. It's yeah. quiet. Like, is it quiet, It's yeah? different. Um, you know, we'd, we're all, as a, a young group, and it, we're all, at, like, at it. You can't f- blame anyone, really, for yeah. for too much. So it's just um, a different experience than obviously having the characters of, like, Willow and, and Morrow and and people like that and do you think no that helps you though now in like in your career playing yeah. in front of bigger crowds because I see young lads and like you say you can't tell them straight yeah yeah um, and I don't think it sets the young kids up to play at the den or to you know hostile grounds because if a young kid who isn't a Millwall lad comes and plays here it's an intimidating place and, and they will go under yeah 
I don't know. Like I just see it as they 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 just enjoy playing football. So it's yeah. like they're not really fussed by the the whole you know the atmosphere and like the the hostileness. They just want to play and and do well and and that's kind of what we have now. I think is just a group of really hardworking guys, um, all desperate to to get a result and we want trying to play maybe a bit nicer than what it was back when I first joined the club and uh, and they've built a squad to do that and, and the, these we've brought in players that, that want to take the ball in, in big areas and, and make things happen and that's that, like people like Benick and that they're just not phased like, yeah. it doesn't phase them like they've, they're used to it and you know is it when you play that in Turkey where the, yeah. it's just different yeah. different mentality out there but I see your point about perhaps some of the younger players if you if perhaps if you wrap them up in, in, in cotton wool and that and then they're thrown into that yeah. sort of environment particularly as well with social media nowadays because you're not on no. Twitter or Instagram you're not on Twitter yeah. either are you because you see it sometimes in the dressing room straight after a game a player yeah. will be straight on their phone on the bus or anything like that yeah. and I think it was Hutchie was saying he said like you, you just never go on it when it's when you know you've had a bad one yeah, you've had a stinker you know going on social media is going to do you no good yeah exactly there's nothing positive there's nothing you can gain from it really um, maybe the top boys they might get sponsorships or whatever from it but at our level there's nothing I see that you can gain from looking looking at social media um, you'd have us out of a job wouldn't you no social media <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But yeah, touching the young lads that have come in have been so good. I think that's the the, the hard thing about it. To you can't dig any of them out because they're they're you can see the quality that that we've brought in. You know, people like Fleming and you know Styles. They just seem like top players. So you know you've got to give them that opportunity. And uh, and I feel like they it's all about making moments happen at this football club as as we know. And I think there there's certain certainly players that can can make big moments and uh, and yeah I'm just enjoying sort of playing with them and, and developing my own career. Yeah, and hopefully good things to come this season as well. Um, yep. And yeah, so I think that's all we've got time for for day for today, Coop. Sorry. Uh, cheers for joining us. Well done to Webby as well. Yeah, yep. well first done. Round of applause for <laughs> Webby there. First oh, <laughs> first feature length episode on the wall talk so well done mate um, yeah. Coops cheers for joining us as well hope Thank you enjoyed you, it been a pleasure yeah thanks mate top man cheers Coops if someone started to you know show the dark arts let's say and I say well look if you want to do that dance let's dance I can dance too and dance with the best of them <laughs> so I should just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> That's not for this podcast. <laughs> That's not for this podcast. Oh, you've got well, wind we'll of that. Yeah. A new typical in right fast, he came running back towards us. And by the time he got to me, Brian on that had passed me to get to him. The ball got put in the channel, I'll chase it into the channel. Um, so I think I was accepted quite quickly, um, especially coming through the non-league route. They inspired us. That season we were inspired by the crowd. Big, we had good crowds, you know. I would always go cheese and beans if I ever had a jack and tail. Yeah. Which would but. be just butter. Yeah, just butter. It's a bit, it's You're weird. It's That's yeah. weird. Just <laughs> no, I just, just think it's spud. Literally. Literally. There's absolutely no point to that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs>